Are you tired of hearing about mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you've come to the right place. A space where healing is central, but also normalized. Join hosts Danika and Myra as we engage in topics around mental health and keep it real while also giving you the work. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Yeah, so just before... Hey y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. And we have a special guest today, but before we get started... I want to ask a question to you, Donika. So, a very specific age. So, thinking about your seven-year-old self, what would your seven-year-old self think about who you are today before you enter the 28th year? <laughs> Ooh, seven, seven. Uh, lucky number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would say my seven-year-old self would be like, ooh, like, girl you really know how to you really know how to shut up when it's time to shut up because <laughs> I used to be old, outspoken I remember my brother telling me when I was a kid like you do not have to say everything that comes to your mind um when I used to be like why but now I get it like everything does not deserve a response like you do not have to say anything I think my seven-year-old self would be like you know what? That was a good. That was a good skill that you learned. It's, it's doing. It's doing. It's doing good for you. What about you? What about your seven-year-old self? My seven-year-old self would be like, "Damn, girl, you are the shit. Like hey. you, literally anything you want, you get it. Whatever you want to eat, you eat it. No matter if it's expensive. Anything you want or you desire, like you make it happen. And I think that um, my seven-year-old self would be very proud." So, yeah, I actually do a lot of work, like, with my seven-year-old self, as creepy as that sounds, but I have a picture of me when I was seven years old, and whenever I'm having a hard time, like, we have conversations, and I just think about, like, what would she say to me? What would I need to hear, or what would I say back to her? And that's been very powerful for me, so if y'all ever are having a hard time, I would highly suggest to do that. Like, I wish I had the picture nearby, because I look so funny in the picture, because I was so upset that day, but it's very powerful. Mara, what about you? Ooh, seven-year-old me. I don't know what she would say, truthfully. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I wasn't prepared to answer. Uh, she'd probably be really impressed um, and surprised because I remember at that age, I wanted to be a school teacher, and that's not where I'm at now, but she'd be really impressed. I've done a lot since then I'm actually turning 28 in a few days. So like, I'm like reflecting on my life and stuff. And I've just, I've done a lot. So she'd be proud. Um, she would not have as much to say about me not picking battles like Tonika, cause sometimes I just need to talk. Okay. I'm still working <laughs> on that skill. So I'm proud of you for having that one. I'm still working on it. Um, but yeah, she'd be very proud of everything I've done so far for, for sure. Happy early birthday and Aries season. I love Aries. Those are my people. No, love Aries season. It's been it's been a good Aries season for me compared to Pisces season. It was a lot of tears. <laughs> I hear you. I definitely hear you. <laughs> so, Danica's gonna go ahead and introduce you. Okay, so um, Mara Watkins is a 20-something-year-old law student living in Las Vegas, Nevada. She graduated from San Diego State University in 2016 what, what, with a degree in criminal justice. When she's not doing everything related to law school, she is also a part-time blogger and podcaster. 
She helps millennials with living their most authentic, well-balanced, and best lives through honest self-reflection and introspection. Yes, I love this. Absolutely. So welcome, Mara, um, to Black Women Healing Podcast, and we are excited to have this episode with you. So just getting started, um, today we're going to be talking about law school and also just some of the things you're doing. And so what have you found has been the most challenging while attending school during a whole pandemonium? <laughs> <laughs> a panorama. Ooh, the Panera Bread. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, even having to say the most challenging, I'm like, most, it's all just a hot challenge mess, to be honest with you. But I will say, the most challenging part is that I no longer get to do the things that made school bearable, like things that I actually enjoyed about school. Cause like me, I've never been a person who loves school. Like some people love school. They love learning. They love that whole process. Like, yeah, I like to learn, but I don't like tests. I don't like papers. I don't like any of the school part of school. I've always um, thrived in the social part of school. That kind of makes it worth it for me is being involved in, you know, I miss uh, like our mid class, like halfway through the day coffee runs before our night, like our afternoon classes with my classmates. I miss um, us going to Chiba Hut and having a sandwich and some wine before we had a late night, uh, a late night ahead of us doing all that studying and stuff. I miss those moments um, because they kind of made school at least somewhat fun and having to do law school by myself. I mean, yeah, you can do like Zoom catch-ups or whatever, but girl, I'd be tired of Zoom, truthfully. Like yes. <laughs> the Zoom happy hours were fun for like three weeks. And then it was like, okay, I'm tired of being on Zoom. So just those things, I really miss the social aspect. Um, and doing law school by yourself is really hard, um, especially when you don't regularly interact with people who get it. Like people who I live with, they don't really get it. It's not really something you get unless you're going through it. So that's what I would say is the most challenging part. Um, but all of law school is challenging <laughs> in a pandemic. It's not made for this. For real. No, that's completely understandable. So I'm thinking about those who may be in school and maybe have like a side hustle, maybe have, you know, a hobby or something else that's of their interest. And in thinking about that, I'm curious how you juggle school and your podcast, handle your scandal, and just having a life in general during this time. Okay, so I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm not juggling it very well, you know, but that's coming from a place of judgment. So I don't wanna say that. I do wanna say um, I have different seasons for it. So sometimes I'm, you know, I'm doing, everything I need to do for school and I'm recording episodes back to back. And sometimes even my last episode was probably early March right now. Like I just don't have the time for it. And I think um, that's okay. But as far as like other life things in general, um, you just really have to write everything down for me. I'm a person that if I don't write everything down, something will get lost in the mix. Yeah, so I make sure that you know, when there's a lot of different important things, I write everything down. That's even including like, oh, um, take this 10 minutes to meditate or, oh, um, make sure you do your workout before 7 p.m. because you're not going to have the energy to do it by then. Like, 
a good workout. I mean, you'll still get a workout in, but it won't be like one that I feel good about. So just writing everything down is really important for me and just remembering, you know, make time for more life. Um, I think that it's very easy for people in school, especially like grad schools and law schools and PhDs and all those things. It's very easy to let that kind of consume you because I feel like they designed those programs to be consuming. That's a whole nother tangent for another day. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very important to make time for yourself. I feel like if you don't make time for yourself, you won't really be able to juggle anything else because you'll be running on E. Um, and I will say this semester has been the semester where I realized that rest is so key to my well-being and my being able to do law school, a blog, a podcast, even though I'm not doing those things to the capacity that I would want to do them, I'm still doing my best for what I am doing right now. So, yeah. When I hear you talk about this, it reminds me of like this, like piece of giving yourself grace. So like, mm -hmm. I hear you're like, you know, um, yeah, no, it's okay that I'm not doing all these things at this, you know, 100% at this momentum um you're doing the best you can do right now so it sounds like you're really giving yourself grace and when we're juggling different things it doesn't always mesh with what's going on with this and it's okay I love that yeah that's so important I'm curious because you talked about kind of feeling lonely and you know this pandemonium pan of whatever you want to call it um <laughs> don't laugh at me <laughs> I'm curious about what community looks like and if you found a community or if you've created community, what that looks like to give some other people that are listening some hope in that. Uh, yeah, so, you know, law school typically is a very competitive environment. I will say that I think I lucked out. Um, my school is the only school in the entire state of Nevada so people have to carry themselves a certain way because it is such a small legal community. You don't want to be the person who's being an a-hole. You know, you don't want to be that person because it's a small legal community. If you do that and then you come into the community and people are like, oh, do you know about so-and-so? And I'm like, to be frank with you, uh, I wouldn't personally hire them, but you know, I'm sure maybe their work ethic is different, but I mean, obviously you have good work ethic if you've made it to law school, but I wouldn't want to work with them. And you know, people have to be mindful of that. So I think I've lucked out in that people are nice generally at my school. Um, as far as my squad, my community, I've been very lucky with that as well. I'm just someone who naturally gravitates towards other black women in spaces where there's not a lot of us. So even the first friend I ever made at Boyd, um, her name's Alpha. <laughs> um, before we even had our first day of classes, I think it was Admitted Students Day, I walked up to her and me and my mom had lunch with her and her family. And, you know, I just always gravitate towards Black women. So I do have a nice little squad of Black women who have been so instrumental to my success in law school and my well-being and, um, also, my school does this like peer partner thing when you're a 1L, your first year mm -hmm. of law school. And my peer partner, my first year was so amazing. Her name is Zania Jordan. I'm going to shout her out because she's just so great and such an inspiration. And she's also a fellow Black woman. And she just always spoke life into me, which I think was so important in 1L year because it's so hard. 
like one a year they're like trying to weed you out they don't tell you that but you can tell that's what they're trying to do um so she was great um and then i've also joined uh different organizations um uh, black law students association i found my community there uh, my first year i was just a general member my second year i was the vice president of programming so i got really close to like my board that year and um whew, that was a interesting year that feels like it was so much longer ago than it was, <laughs> it was only a year ago um and then this year i was the sub-regional director for the desert region desert sub-region for the western region of bolsa so like regional position and i fostered community there as well as the other things i'm involved in on campus i just you know you join things i feel like it's no different than undergrad you join organizations that align with your values and who you are and then you find people who can be your community and that's not to say my only friends in law school are my um black friends but they are very important to my well-being as a black woman for sure of course i think in any space being tied to black women is important so for sure it's nice hearing the other side though um mara about like how you as a black woman you're navigating uh like community in law school i've heard the opposing side where it's really difficult to find community um so it's nice to hear like it can happen but a lot of it sounds like you kind of initiating and putting yourself out there joining organizations and stuff like you can't just sit there you kind of have to go seek it no for sure i'm a naturally extroverted person Mm -hmm. So I think that helps me a lot. And I'm just someone who's like, hey, what's up? How are you? Um, so I think that does help. But I will also say it really just depends on the school, which that's very important. I think that people need to be more mindful of what's the community like at the school, although it is hard when people are recruiting to a school. They might not always be honest. Um, but Boyd very much does tell us like the first thing they told us was like don't get addicted to any substances and then the second thing was like don't be an a-hole like that's the whole school's policy like just be nice law school is hard enough without <laughs> madness of like people being so mean <laughs> for sure so um do you have any tips or suggestions for you know folks applying for law school or school in general during this time Ooh, okay, so <laughs> this is going to be a lot. I'm just good. It's, it's a lot. Um, I do want to say before I even give any advice that I have a very strong bias towards taking time off between undergrad and law school specifically. I can't speak to grad school because I've, I've never done grad school, so I don't know what that experience is like. But it is so important, in my opinion, to take time off between law school and undergrad. I know some people um they do k through 12 or they call it k through jd so they just go straight from k through law school and you know it works for some people but in my personal um opinion it's really hard to how do i say like once you graduate it's just like the bar exam find a career like find your job for the your career like you don't have any time to just be your messy young self and I think the two years I took off was so important for me figuring out who I was outside of an academic setting because I feel that sometimes when your whole life is school you don't really know who you are outside of that um 
for some people, you know, it's all different based on the person. But for me, it was very important. Everybody I talked to who was in law school and I was an undergrad said they either wish they had taken time off or they took time off and they wish they had taken more time. I only took two years. And if it wasn't for the amazing people I met, I would regret only taking two years. But I do believe in divine timing. So I think it all worked out the way it was supposed to. But, you know, if I could go back, I don't know, maybe I would take five instead of two. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so that's just my general, like, precursor. I'm very, um, a strong proponent of taking time off between law school. But people know themselves better. Some people are like, if I take time off, I will never go back. So if that's who you are, go ahead and keep going. I'm rooting for you. Um, <laughs> but now for actual applying, I would say, like, tip one is obviously to get as good a grades as possible. The better your grades are, the less you have to stress about the LSAT um, or whatever um, entrance exam. I'm very, I'm talking very law school specific. Um, sorry. Um, no, no, please. <laughs> the better your grades are, the less you have to stress about the LSAT. Um, the LSAT is very stressful. I will say though, if you do poorly on the LSAT, it is not a reflection of you as a law student. I don't really see any of those skills in anything I've had to do for law school. So um, to anyone who's applying and maybe they're not getting the best score, don't beat yourself up about it. You can still get into great schools or you can still get into law school. I mean, I don't grade schools. That's subjective to me because I know Harvard's probably the greatest law school, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do well there. Um, <laughs> the culture there. So um, yeah, just if you get good grades, the LSAT is, Still important but not as important but if you you know do need a higher LSAT score I did I graduated undergrad with like a 3.25 so I needed a really decent LSAT score to boost up my application um, if you can afford it invest in some kind of LSAT prep um, I did actually I don't remember the name and no free promo anyway so I don't know I forget the name but I did an LSAT prep course and I think it was a really big part of me getting um, a lot of money from my school because it helped me get my score up so much and yeah it's a lot of money to pay into it but it saves you money on the other end if you get those scholarships and those full tuition you know so it's you know it's a, a balancing test there if you can't afford it I know I had a, a privilege in being able to do so so I do also recognize that mm -hmm. um, and tip number three yeah, actually tip number three is going to be, you know, tailor your personal statement to what the school says their values are. Um, I know UNLV Law, they very much stress their community service is a big part of their law schools. So I wrote a good chunk of my personal statement on how much community service I had did in undergrad and how I would continue that in um, my time in law school. So just make sure you tailor it to that. And then also, don't be too shy to go to professors and office hours. Find those professors who you can at least, I would say try to get as good a grade as possible, but if not, at least try to find a few classes you can get an A in so that you feel less um, stressed out asking for a letter of recommendation because it's kind of hard to ask for a letter of recommendation if you're like, oh, I got like a B minus in this class. I got like a B, like, you know, so try to do enough to where you can ask for those letters of rec because they do wait letters of rec from professors more than employers or 
oh. whoever else. Like they really want to know how you are in an academic setting. Like, sure, it's great to know how you are at work, but you know, you're going to school. Are you a good student? I guess. Yeah. So I think that's the main things I would say. Also, anyone who's listening, um, you can always reach out to me. I will talk to anyone about law school. Um, and an honest, truthful, truthful perspective on law school, because, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes don't want to discourage people, but I don't consider being very honest discouraging. I think it's very important to let people know exactly what they're getting themselves into when they come to law school. So that's the approach that I take. Absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. And y'all better listen. Myra saying she's a whole <laughs> resource out here. Y'all better don't sleep. Um, so just getting a little bit into more so of what you're doing right now. We know you have a podcast title, Handle Your Scandal. And so we want to know, how did you come up with that theme? And how has this podcast been helpful for you and others thus far? Okay, so I came up with the podcast uh, name. I originally wanted to call, do y'all cuss on here? I'm sorry. Yes, be you. Be you. I originally wanted to call it Handle Your Shit. But I was like, you know, that's a little, you know, that's a bit much. I'm trying to be a whole attorney. I do cuss on the podcast, but I feel like having it in the name is just like a bit much. So I changed it to handle your scandal because I love a good rhyme and like an undergrad. Um, I know like handle your scandal has a different connotation when it comes to like, you know, getting into shenanigans, but also an undergrad, I used to say it whenever I was having a lot to do, I would just say, well, I just got to handle my scandal like it is what it is. So I kind of took it and changed the connotation for the podcast. And then, um, yeah, I wanted to start it because I've always been a busy millennial balancing different things. In undergrad, it was school, sorority, um, African Student Union, internships, unpaid internships, which a whole nother topic. Um, a job uh, and stuff like that. So I've just always been someone who's balancing a lot of different things and had to handle my scandal. So I wanted to share how I go about doing that on the podcast because I noticed that a lot of millennials have a lot going on. Like I feel like we got, we're like the side hustle generation. We're always working on like five different things at times. So I just feel like it's something that's a very common experience. So I wanted to share how I go about doing that in my own life. But then I also wanted to create a space where I have other guests who are also millennials slash Gen Z who also handle their own scandal. And, you know, we all handle it differently. And I think that's a very important thing to recognize is that different people handle it differently. So that's why I like having different guests because something's gonna be a light bulb for someone at some point, whether it's listening to my solo episodes or listening to a guest that I have, something is, they're gonna hear something and be like, I think that would work for me. And I think that's the most important um, thing for me that's been helpful to me is helping other people. Um, everything I do is kind of centered around helping other people, like even going to law school, like I wanna help other people. Um, so, Knowing that I'm helping somebody, even if it's one person, even if I upload an episode and it has like 10 listens, I know that it was helpful to those 10 people, you know, and that's all I could ask for. Um, Cause you know, it's a privilege to be able to help people um, or people to feel like they can listen to you for guidance, you know, like 
that's trippy <laughs> like me <laughs> so that's been helpful to me also as you mentioned earlier um it's been very helpful for me to realize to give myself grace like you said um I think prior to really getting into the podcast like when I was just doing the blog by itself in law school I was like oh my goodness like I need to be a better blogger. I need to be a better blogger. Even at the beginning of the podcast, it was like, I need to be a better podcaster. I should be having weekly episodes. All these other people are having weekly episodes. But it's like in a podcast called Handle Your Scandal, sometimes handling your scandal means that you just got to really focus on school and the other stuff just has to take a little bit of a, a back seat for the time being. And that doesn't make you a bad podcaster, a bad blogger, a bad whatever other endeavors that you're doing. It just means that right now, you got to focus on what you got to focus on. So I think that my podcast has been very helpful in realizing that not only through me running the podcast, but through different conversations I've had with guests on the podcast. Um, yeah, so that's what I would say about that. It just helps shift my perspective on what I'm doing and giving myself that grace and giving other people grace too. Um, Cause you know, once you realize we're all just trying to do our best, that's really what it is. We're all just trying to do our best. At least that's the perspective I choose to take. Um, I think we're all just trying to do our best. <laughs> yes, most definitely. So y'all hear her. So make sure you check out her podcast. Mara, do you have any takeaways for our listeners? Yeah, I would say a big takeaway is that, you know, when I started all of my things, I wanted to, you know, have a, well-balanced life right and I think a big takeaway for people to realize is that doesn't mean that everything in your life is getting the same amount of attention a well-balanced life changes depending on what season that you're in and what's going on so yes maybe I'm giving 75 to law school and 10 to one thing 10 to another um but that's okay. That doesn't mean that your life is not balanced. It means that that's the balance that you need to be in for that point in your life. And that is perfectly fine um, to be that way. Um, so I do encourage other people to, but at the same time, like you do want to make sure that everything you find important in your life, you are making some time for, right? So maybe I'm not recording an episode, but I'm like, okay, so the next episode I do record, this is what I want to talk about. You know, because I still get joy out of running my podcast. And it is important to have that balance between work and play. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say is to, you know, change your perspective on what it means to be a balanced person. Because it's not everything getting 25. It's sometimes mm. the percentages are different depending on what's going on in life. <laughs> yes, most definitely. So I heard a lot in this episode about being gentle with yourself, being patient and figuring out what works for you. And I hope that y'all also got that message because that's what I got from it. So Mara, we want to thank you for being a guest today and we will share all your stuff in, um, across our page and we'll also share it in the description for this podcast. Y'all be sure to check out Handle Your Scandal. Sounds like there's some juiciness over there that y'all need to be in on. So make sure that y'all do that. And thank you, Mara. Thank you both for having me. I really appreciate it. I love the work that you do. I was kind of fangirling when I got the email. Little old me, little old me on the Black Woman Healing Podcast. Okay, I appreciate it.
appreciate you. So thank you both for this space that you have created in the work that you do. It doesn't go unnoticed and I'm so proud of both of you. Thank you so much. So I hope y'all enjoyed Mara today. You know, at the end of our episodes lately, we've been talking about things that we're enjoying. So I want to ask Donika, what is something that you're planning to do for yourself that you got to spend a little bit of money on, but you've been thinking about doing it for a while? Oh, I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to get contacts. Um, they're not going to be, they're probably, I probably only wear them for special occasions because I do appreciate being able to pop my glasses on, but I'm getting contacts and it's, you know, I don't have, um, you know, my, everything comes out of my pocket now as a business owner. It just Ooh. me. So I will be paying that out of my pocket. It's not that bad, but it's still money that I'm like, all right, I have to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to spend this because I want to be able to do this. So that's what I will be doing. I'm going to be able to be in a pool, y'all. I'm going to be able to get in the ocean and put my face in and without my glasses always been on. If somebody want to be my makeup, hit me up. I <laughs> It's just those little things that ever, if you know, and I'm a dancer too, I can like go to dance class and not have to worry about my glasses falling up with that damn mask on right now. It's about to be a whole vibe, but so that's me. What about you? Um, I don't know. I've been wanting to invest in consistent massages twice a month. So I've been looking into that. So that might be my thing. But when you're talking about being a business owner, it made me think about, you know, the budgetista, Tiffany, Tiffany, the budgetista. Yes, yes. So on my favorite podcast, The Friend Zone, they have her on, I want to say every year around tax season. And if you are familiar with The Friend Zone, these are all creatives. Like they all work for themselves. And so mm-hmm. advice that the budgetista gave them was, since you work for yourself, you need a tax bank account. And I'm like, what the hell is a tax bank account? It's the same as account where you save X amount of money for your taxes so that when it comes around and you got to pay, you got the money. And she always says, put a little bit extra in there. So let's say you do your taxes this year, it's X amount of money. So you're going to gear up to save a little bit more than that. So that way, when tax season comes around, you're not like, oh shit, I need to get on a payment plan. You already got the money because the money is right there. And that also made me think about, you know what? I've been scared to work for myself. And I've always had two jobs. And I was like, I feel like that's like a trauma thing. Like always having two, like I've never not, I usually have had like three jobs in the past. Absolutely. I've always had two jobs and I've always worked for someone. And I was telling my boyfriend the other day, I was like, when I get licensed, which will probably be sometime at the start of next year, I'm going straight into private practice. Because at first I was like, I'm going to work for someone because it feels safe and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, that's not what you preach to people. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. And no, yeah. Right. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start my tax bank account now. So that way I have a little bit of like cushion just to help myself out and to just help get my business started. So I feel like that's something I feel like everybody needs to know just to have that tax bank account, because I have a bank account for self-care and like vacation and stuff, but I never thought to have one for taxes. So how do you do that? That's what I'm super curious. Like, how do you like, what is a tax bank account? Is that something you can just go to your bank and ask for? It's like an extra savings account. So you know how like some people just have like another, some people have a savings account for buying a house. Some people have have one for vacation. You literally have this one that you just do not touch. And you know, I'm all about credit unions because if you don't have no money in there, they ain't gonna close your account. 
So I'm like, maybe I'll just open this up with my credit union because if I have zero dollars in there, they ain't gonna close my account down. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just something I'm gonna do. And then it's cool because I remember them talking about that with her. And then this past week, they were like, remember what she said? And then they all chimed in like, yeah, the tax bank account. And then one of them was like, yeah, I actually did that. And I'm not scared anymore. Cause they were talking about how, like when you work for yourself, you're scared to do your taxes because you don't know what the yeah. outcome is going to be. And then one of them was like, yeah, I kind of just didn't do my taxes. Like I kind of waited <laughs> and then I owe more cause I was so scared. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let me just put this little nugget in the back of my head. So I got to share that nugget with y'all too. Appreciate it. Noted. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely, it's super helpful but um so yeah we hope that y'all enjoyed today's episode and um yeah we have a lot of great things continuing to come up we have these beautiful glass mugs healing on the daily uh by black women healing pod and we hope that y'all support us uh, not only for us but for you all stuff too you deserve to be able to drink a cup of tea or a cup of water and be able to see that you know every day healing on the daily so um you could find it in our uh bio and we'll keep promoting share us support us thank you (laughs) 